Thank you for listening to the Patrick Ely podcast. As always, it's for entertainment purposes only. It's not financial or medical advice. It's a work of fiction. Looking back on it, I've spent most of my adult life absorbing an above average amount of news. I was never someone who read the paper every day. I don't think many people in my generation were. But from the start of my private practice as a chiropractor, I would have talk radio on in the background through the majority of my patients. When I really needed to be focused with a new exam, I might turn on some music. But otherwise, I had talk radio. In the beginning, it was public radio NPR. And during that time, I would also go spend lunches with an older gentleman a few days a week where we would go back and forth between CNBC and Fox Business watching the cable news channels. As I became a stock trader, part of my job every day was to read all different sorts of publications to understand exactly what was going on around the world. Because quite often world events affect the movement of stocks more than the actual actions of the company on a day-to-day basis. In watching the correlation of stock movement to news and the actions of different political parties, I started to realize how counterintuitive, inconsistent, and frankly dishonest many of the actions of the people in finance and government and the military appeared to be when you look at the real-world effects of the things they said and the decisions they made. Now as a comedian with a podcast, part of the role I want to play is someone providing commentary to what's going on in the world. That isn't what every comedian sets out to do, but that's a large part of the comedy that I personally enjoy. And I think it falls into the category of satire and dark comedy. When COVID happened, I was shocked to see the rationale for the opinions that so many Americans had on the COVID response and how society should handle the pandemic. I think that the unraveling in discourse reached a true tipping point when Dr. Fauci in front of Senate, in front of the Senate stated that he was science, a statement that within context was in direct opposition to what real science was. However, so much of the public took this as a based rather than baseless claim because their background in understanding science and their essentially ignorant context was that Fauci was a scientist and therefore he spoke for the subject of science. Now, I hate doing this, talking about myself and my own credentials, but I'm going to do it again just so that you can have some context to my rationale and hopefully some incentive to listen to what I have to say about this as it pertains to some current events. I have a deep background in science. Not only did I study the sciences at the College of William & Mary, but I got a doctorate as a chiropractic physician. I went on to study neurology in postgraduate programs, published peer-reviewed articles, papers on scientific study, wrote several, not all got published, performed case studies, and became a medical examiner for the federal government. With those credentials, I not only practiced as a physician, but was an expert interviewee for science and nutrition companies, private brands, and contributed to science-based 
publications like WebMD, which is one of the places that lay people go to get definitive information on modern medicine. In my time as a doctor, I was frequently disappointed at how lacking in current medical and scientific knowledge many practicing physicians were. Lay people understand physicians to be people who have a mastery of all modern medicine and assume that they keep up with modern research and medical findings. However, I have often been hired by medical doctors to help them with their nutrition and health and found that they had completely forgotten or never understood in the first place basic fundamentals of chemistry, science, and nutrition that we study while we're in school and have somewhat superficial and cursory questions asked about, but still have to be tested for board exams and certifications. Within the world of physicians, the statement, you don't use it, you lose it, often shows up. And that's said in reference to the fact that things that don't come up often in a doctor's practice essentially are erased from their memory. So if a doctor is normally dealing with cancer, they're not going to know much about orthopedic medicine. And a neurosurgeon is probably not going to know a whole lot about allergies. Because of the privatized medical system, private practicing doctors are incentivized to dismiss and work around through different laws and guidelines, being completely objective about scientific information. For instance, many doctors have made incorrect statements about the validity of certain sort of chiropractic interventions and called them dangerous when they weren't. Well, on the other hand, many chiropractors have done things like bash vaccines and life-saving medicines in lieu of encouraging their holistic chiropractic treatments. Both of these are wrong. While at a continuing education seminar required by the state of Florida several years ago as a chiropractor, I sat in an accredited continuing education class where vaccines were bashed and slides were shown of monkeys having parts of their body used in formulations to create vaccines which were then injected into children. The shock and awe was effective on a lot of people in causing them to go back to their patients and encourage natural lifestyles and discourage the use of vaccines. While red flags went off for me, and I went and did deeper study into the production of vaccines and found that while there was some truth in what was being presented in that continuing education class, it was old science and was not how vaccines were currently produced. Medicine, like engineering, is not an exact science. It's plastic, meaning that it changes all the time. And what we know are percentages and probabilities which is why, using the scientific method, you are supposed to always look for holes and test against them in any theory. There is nothing foolproof, and even the most sound surgeries have superior surgeries created, which take their place, and the same goes for diagnostic testing and pharmaceutical implementation into dealing with patients' ailments. Doctors in the 50s would encourage patients to smoke, People with mild mental illness were lobotomized in the century before this one. My generation had a large percentage of children placed on amphetamines because of so-called, however fake, learning disabilities. The only way that science gets to understanding and consensus is through debate and discussion. 
Often that debate is done in the written format with contrasting peer-reviewed papers, which are then sent to boards who review them and compare the science and do analyses of the information that's peer-reviewed and overviews, which lay out the different arguments for doctors to absorb and then make opinions for themselves. For one doctor like Dr. Fauci to say that he was the science, especially in dealing with a brand new virus, when throughout all of history it takes decades, if not centuries, to completely understand illness, virus, bacteria, and disease, was a red flag and an outright lie to anyone who has a background in science. During that time, pro-COVID vaccine officials and figureheads like Fauci went on television, on public record, which is all still available online to watch, and made statements like, the vaccine prevents transmission. These were fraudulent and completely unscientific statements because there was no supporting evidence for this to be true. In fact, the rushed vaccines skipped traditional trials, which would look at the probability of their ability to diminish transmission and bad effects from contracting the virus, and instead looked at incredibly small sample sizes that to any researcher, whether they're a medical doctor or a scientist or a PhD, would be considered completely insufficient and just preliminary data. No person of science would make statements like that for the sake of science. The only reason that they would make a statement like that is because they believed that it would help people or they were being incentivized financially or even worse because people were threatening them. If a scientist made an incorrect statement, especially of that nature, and they were well-meaning, honest people, when data appeared that suggested they were wrong, they would walk back those statements, apologize, and most likely remove themselves from the discussion, and especially the, the decision-making that's going on with something like the pandemic. We still have no idea what exactly happened behind the scenes with COVID and the vaccines. Just this week, the Washington Post and the New York Times, pardon me, the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times posted articles showing that there was more evidence that COVID came from a lab in Wuhan during work that was being funded by the United States. Data that previously has been nothing but refuted by the Biden administration, as well as Dr. Fauci. It's important to say the Biden administration, because Trump was lambasted as being racist and a liar for calling it the China virus, which while sounding kind of flippant, has more truth to it than anything Fauci has said since his time in the spotlight. We know that the vaccine was not very effective. It certainly did not prevent transmission. And COVID was not nearly as dangerous as it was made out to be, not only by the government and by government figureheads like Fauci, but also by talking heads like Rachel Maddow, who really stirred up a lot of fear in viewers and listeners in the American public and rushed them to get these vaccines that billions of dollars, if not trillions, I believe it's in the trillions now of profit, has been made from. Now in June of 2023, we don't really know anybody getting COVID anymore. And that statistically in no part has to do with the fact that people were getting vaccines. It has to do with herd immunity and 
natural immunity and the way that the human population has historically dealt with emerging viruses and disease. Most viruses burn themselves out as humans adapt to have more robust immune systems that deal with these new types of pathogens in a way that makes them less harmful. And as the virus mutates, each mutation tends to be less and less of a threat. Now, very oddly, when all the hysteria was going on, herd immunity was dismissed, even though it is a fully accepted tenet of science. Remember, there is no fact, but there has never been any evidence that herd immunity isn't effective and the best way to deal with this stuff. There were also many statements made by people like Fauci that new variants would be more deadly when historically variants become less and less deadly of emerging viruses. The only way this could have been true, in fact, would likely have been if it was a genetically engineered virus that was designed to become more dangerous, since that's not how it happens in nature. So this has all come full circle in the last week because Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who wrote a book exposing Fauci a couple of years ago and has been outspoken about not the vaccine having the ability to potentially help some human being on earth, but the corruption behind the emergence of the vaccine in COVID has been running for president. And people have been asking about him, about his stances and his rationale, because he seems to have been right about most everything. Now, this is a very educated man who's been dealing with environmental and medical law for most of his career. And because of what I said earlier about how a lot of doctors don't necessarily know certain aspects of science as well as they maybe could or should, quite often lawyers are sharper on a particular subject than doctors themselves. And that reason is that they're constantly talking with experts in certain fields to create scientifically sound arguments that they're taken into litigation. A good lawyer is going to win litigation because of a preponderance of evidence, and they're not going to make a good living if they're not able to provide that, which isn't necessarily the same mechanism by which government shills are able to profiteer. Now, after he went on Joe Rogan, let me say something about Joe Rogan real quick also. Joe Rogan in the media has been trashed for being an idiot who doesn't know anything and doesn't know anything about medicine, and is an anti-vaxxer and anti-medicine. Well, if you're going to compare that to the other side of this storyline, Bill Gates didn't graduate from college. Bill Gates knows nothing about medicine other than what people in his businesses tell him. And yet Bill Gates was placed on media as an expert, and we were told to listen to him, and many people did. People don't even like listening to Bill Gates, while Joe Rogan has organically built the largest platform in the world as far as talk radio and podcasts. What's good for the goose should be good for the gander. But also, Joe Rogan isn't anti-medicine. Joe Rogan uses modern science and medicine to give himself the best quality of life possible and extend his life. He takes bio-identical hormones. He does stuff like stem cells. He embraces modern surgery, and he's had multiple surgeries, including on his knees. He uses IV treatments and peptides. He uses a combination, the same as I do, of pharmaceuticals and health supplements to optimize him, his life. It's called biohacking. I do the same thing. I use a combination of nutrition and natural health supplements along with medications like peptides and hormones to optimize my body and my chemistry. 
we live in a wonderful time where we have these life-affirming and life-extending products available to us. And rather than be holed up in an ideology of being all-natural or someone obsessed with medicine, I just want to live the best life I possibly can. Joe Rogan's the same. I'm not saying Joe Rogan's right about everything or that Joe Rogan is the best guy in the world. I'm simply saying that Joe Rogan has as much right as Bill Gates and more right than a lot of people that were you know, uh, given a platform to ask questions and further discourse on the whole subject of COVID. So anyway, after RFK Jr. went on his podcast recently to promote himself running for president, and they had a long-form discussion again about COVID, Dr. Peter Hotez went on Twitter and insulted all of them. Dr. Peter Hotez had been invited on Joe Rogan's podcast to explain the pro-vaccine side of COVID during COVID. People say that Joe Rogan doesn't have people outside of his echo chamber, but that's exactly what Joe Rogan did during COVID. He had pro and anti-vax and pro-COVID conspiracy and pro-COVID mainstream narrative people on to talk about different opinions, debate, and discourse. Hotez was pushing a book at the time. He's written an anti-autism book that says that autism is something that just manifests organically from humans and has nothing to do with environmental factors, toxins in our food and drinking water and air, and potentially vaccines. And he also made a COVID vaccine. Most scientists don't get rich. They're very working class. But Hotez is a bit of an outlier because... He takes money from Big Pharma and the federal government in the forms of grants, and he has a fortune that's well over $30 million. A fortune he's amassed without ever actually making anything groundbreaking to help humankind. He also does very uninformative science videos and does interviews where he wears a lab coat that is a prop from movies. It's not a lab coat that would actually provide any hygienic benefits in a lab. And when he's giving these interviews, he's sitting in his living room. So there's no reason for him to be dressed like that. It's kind of like what Bill Nye would do on his kid-friendly, but also tongue-in-cheek kind of funny show that we all watched as kids. Hotez called them all conspiracy theorists and insulted them. And Joe Rogan went on Twitter, the same as Hotez was, and said, hey, I'll give you $100,000 to go to pro-vaccine charity of your choice. If you'll just come debate Robert F. Kennedy, if he's so wrong and you are so scientific and he's not worthy of having opinions, just come on and drop the facts on us and set the record straight. Hotez refused saying it was beneath him. And all sorts of people from around business and politics have jumped into the discussion. And now there's a purse of $2.5 million that would go to charity if Hotez would just go on and speak. One of the most notable people to get involved is Mark Cuban. And Mark Cuban, not a guy educated in science, great businessman. Mark Cuban is also a propagandist, and he has a drug company. He has a company, I believe, based out of Canada that attempts to offer lower-cost generic versions of drugs to the American public. He doesn't sell natural supplements. He sells drugs. And his business incentivizes people to have faith in medicine and to choose taking medicine for whatever's going on with them. If people step away from medicine or avoid them, that that hurts his company's profits. He went on Twitter and said that, like Hotez said, a debate like this would be beneath him. 
Now, I gave my credentials earlier because I want you to understand that I, 99% of the time, understand what people are talking about when they get into scientific terminology and discussions and start bringing up medical papers. And I've not seen one thing that Hotez has offered, just like Fauci, that was foolproof documentation that the vaccine was safe or effective. I have seen foolproof documentation that the mRNA vaccines were not actually vaccines. They were genetic therapies, which attempted to lessen symptomatology. But a vaccine is supposed to prevent transmission, prevent any and all symptoms of a given disease. And it pretty quickly came to light when the vaccines were introduced and they weren't stopping transmission, that that was never even what they were engineered or designed or tested to do. The use of the word vaccine was advertising. Advertising has no place in a democracy. Advertising is something that a communist or a tyrannical society would use to control its people. And they'd have that advertising named propaganda. Between 2019 and 2022, the federal government changed on its websites the definitions of certain words, including vaccine, from definitions that had been in effect for over 100 years for no real rationale other than to support propagating the use of these so-called vaccines, which were just gene therapies that had plenty of risks and side effects. What I don't understand about how this whole situation has played out is why people who are questioning the vaccine have been willing to debate and not a single medical doctor or even establishment figurehead has been willing to enter into one of those debates. Because, again, debate and discourse is a foundation of science. And a discussion like that over such a serious issue would have real doctors, if they had proof that the vaccine was, for lack of a better word, foolproof, they'd jump on the opportunity to set the record straight and protect public health. But they haven't done that. And instead, right now what we're watching is people insulting the characters of other people and saying that they're beneath them for public discourse but in a very flawed, really dirty and pathetic way, not offering a better solution. The better solution would be simple if that's what they believe. Instead of repeating the insults, they would offer who they would like to debate. Simple as that. And then they would have that debate in public. It is not very democratic or free society or American for all of a sudden... The political party who has historically marketed themselves as the party of the working man to not want to debate because all of these people are left-leaning. President Biden doesn't want to have debates, not only with Donald Trump or the Republicans, he doesn't want to debate with other Democratic candidates. Fauci won't debate anybody. Peter Hotez is okay with insulting people in public, but not willing to have a debate in his arena of medicine and vaccine creation. That's a red flag. And regardless of what the truth is, people that aren't willing to debate and discuss and give their rationale outside of an echo chamber are not to be trusted. Doesn't mean you can't listen to them, especially if it makes you happy, but you should never ever trust someone that is not willing to let their ideas be challenged or stand up to the public arena. That means they have something to lose. I understand why so many people that get into power start leaning towards corruption. You know, when I got into martial arts, I wanted to figure out how to be better than everybody. And I wanted challenge after challenge after challenge. And these days, 
I know that my martial arts skills are probably in the 1% of people around the world, not within martial artists. There are many martial artists that are better than me. But I know that I can hold my own in a martial arts gym or in a fight within reason. And in public, I can defend myself and dictate kind of what goes on with a violent situation as long as no one's shooting me or stabbing me from behind. Pretty much foolproof. I'll be good. And so I'm less inclined and less motivated to jump into every hand-to-hand combat challenge or situation that I might have that, say, comes up at the gym. It's less motivating. When a young businessman has a product they really believe in and they have a lot of energy and they don't have a lot of security, especially financial, it makes sense that they're ready to put themselves out there and compete against everybody else and go head to head. But once you have a product that's risen to the top, once you have financial security, maybe your product is being a politician. I imagine it's pretty normal to run out of steam and not want to have those fair fights to see who's really the better man anymore. It's a lot easier to pull some strings and keep the competition at bay beneath you. Maybe sabotage them a little so that you don't have to deal with those fights. It's not a free market, though. That's not a free country. Those people in a free market should be stepping back. They should be stepping out of the game. But what it seems like in this modern world that we've got is we've got the opposite. People willing to give up what democracy is, to give up what America is, to give up what a free country is, to sabotage their way into keeping power and keeping their products at the top of the heap. It sucks. I hate it. And what I like about this COVID thing is that it's touched everybody. And so we, we all in a way can understand some of that discourse. And I hope that something like a public debate actually happens because when I start talking about BlackRock or some niche issue, it's hard to find anybody to talk about it with. That doesn't mean that it's pleasant to talk about COVID. That doesn't mean that anybody wants to talk about the pandemic, but at least it's a commonality we all have now that the damage is done. And I hope that because it's, it's been such a terrible thing that's happened to the world, I hope that there can be a bright side and it can expose some of the corruption, some of the figureheads that brought it into our lives so that it might create a universal reform for those countries and nations that want to be free, want to be for and of the people. Because otherwise it, it feels like everything that made this country great is near the end. And that's thanks to people like Fauci and thought like Peter Hotez has. So I hope they don't get away with it.